We are continuing on the chronological life of Jesus, and so we're working our way through the Gospels. We are in the last year of Jesus' life now, and we spoke last time how Jesus calls us to discipleship for any of those who wish to be a disciple. This is different than salvation. He calls us to salvation as well. But then he calls us and he says, if anyone wishes to be a disciple, and he gave us three things that we had to do if we wished to be a disciple. And so that's in, uh, we're going to read from, from uh, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. We covered last week verse 24. So let's read that again. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And remember last week we talked about if anyone wishes, this is up to you. No one is going to make you be a disciple. But if you wish to be a disciple, this is what you must do, Jesus said. If you wish to be a disciple, he said, first of all, you must den- he must deny himself. We must deny ourselves the things that we like, the things that we enjoy. He calls us to something different. We must take up, he says, take up this cross. That's identification with the sufferings of Christ. And follow me. Jesus said, follow me. Two sentences above that, Jesus told us where he was going. He he said, I am going to Jerusalem in verse 21. He's going to suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, be killed and be raised up on the third day. Jesus said, follow me. This is what discipleship is. It is different than salvation. It is taking us into something different. All right, so let's look at verse 25 today of Matthew chapter 16. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will then repay every man according to his deeds. Remember, salvation has nothing to do with our deeds. It is something that comes based on faith, an acceptance that comes based on faith of Jesus Christ, of who He is, of His physical resurrection. Whoever confesses with his mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in his heart that God has raised Him from the dead, He shall be saved. That is what we do to be saved. It is a confession that Jesus is Lord and we must believe in our heart that He's physically risen from the dead. Jesus has risen from the dead. And if ever you become too sophisticated or too intellectual to believe in the physical resurrection, you have lost something really great. He has physically raised from the dead. But here, He's calling us to something different where there is reward based on our deeds. This is discipleship. This is different than salvation. The first step is salvation. And if you've not been there, if you've not made that decision to follow Jesus Christ, I ask you, in your time, you come before me and you say, Father, forgive me because I'm a sinner. And come into my life and allow Jesus Christ to come into your life. I was 18 years old when I did that. 18 years old. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. But God did something in my life that day. So let's look at this verse 25. Whoever wishes, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
This is really an interesting portion. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jim Elliott, this, this missionary who died when he was around your age, not much older, in his 20s, uh, he had written to his wife, and he said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to get what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to get what he cannot lose. And shortly after that, he ended up giving his life there in the mission field with the Alka Indians. But his life and the lives of the other two men that, 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 that were given up at the same time inspired so many people, so many young people, to go to the mission field. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. In other words, if I want everything for myself, if I set up everything for myself, this is my job, my career, my car, my money. It absolutely is, and that is true. And if you set everything up for yourself, you will lose your life. You will lose your life and you will be unhappy. Because those who keep everything to themselves and set up their whole life for themselves are a whole lot less happy than those who give of themselves. When God calls you to career, that is a wonderful thing. Pray. Seek God. Ask for wisdom. Ask for counsel. Share with people when things are important. When, when, uh, when I got uh, an offer from Rice University, I was very happy teaching at the state university. Why would I want to come to Rice? An offer came. In fact, I really wasn't going to accept the offer. But then I started to, to call different people. I called my pastor and talked to him. He and I were very close. I called my father, who is an unbeliever, but someone I really respect. I called my father-in-law. These are people I, <clears throat> I wanted advice in my life. I wanted to hear from God. And I wanted input in my life. There are decisions that we make. Decisions that we make with the things that we have. Sometimes you will find people, well, this is for me and for my family. Well, you're just going to lose your life. It's, it has to go beyond just you and your little family. What do you consider in the body of Christ? He says, if you desire to save your life, you're going to lose it. There is a direct blessing that comes. A direct blessing that comes. By giving of ourselves for other people, for the life of Christ, for the body of Christ. This same portion, this same portion in the same instance, this same occasion, is written about in three of the Gospels. Here in, in, in uh, Matthew, also in Mark, and also in Luke, it's written about. But in John, it's in a diff little bit different occasion, and Jesus writes about something quite similar. <clears throat> so if you look to, to, uh, to John chapter 12, John chapter 12, on a different occasion, but Jesus uses much the same language, John chapter 12. It's a beautiful portion. And what's happening in this portion, Jesus knows the end that is near because many people, the Greeks are coming and they're saying they want to meet Jesus. As these, these foreigners are filling Jerusalem, Jesus knows His time is ready because they've come now for this Passover. And then Jesus gives this verse in, Mark, in John chapter 12. He says in, in verse 25, he who loves his life, John 12, 25, he who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. You look at the strong wording here. He who loves his life is going to lose it, but he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. 
If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there shall my servants also be. And if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Look at that. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. If you will dedicate your life to service to Christ, the Father, imagine God of all the universe, who has everything. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Jesus is not wasting words, speaking things that sound philosophically nice. No, he's speaking very clearly. He says, if you serve me, my Father will honor you. Think about that. Here is God in heaven. He sees somebody serving him. This can be in the most mundane of things. Serving breakfast. Preparing lunches, serving on campus and campus ministries, doing something that takes up your time to be of service to Him. It says, God looks down from heaven and turns to the angel and says, I'm going to honor that person. Let's honor them today. Let's open up opportunities for them that never would have been there before. That is direct blessing that Jesus promises by service to Him. Direct blessings that come by service to Him. You serve God. He opens up doors. Direct blessings. Things that never would have happened. He will orchestrate. He will have you in that role of service. And when you're serving in that role, He will bring somebody who is to be your spouse in that role of service. Let's Bless that young man with this terrific young lady. And the angels are, let's do that. And he brings them together. There is great blessing by serving God. Direct blessing from heaven that drops down upon people. Remember what it said in in Matthew, that he will reward them according to their deeds. There is great reward in this. That is direct blessing. There's also indirect blessing that comes. Just by living according to a life that is giving and open to others because of desiring to do as well. So, if you turn back to Matthew, in Matthew um, chapter 16, he said in verse 25, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. There is indirect blessing that comes by living according to the things that God would have for us. Let me, let me start out here and uh, just, just look at, at a few, di- consider a few different things. But when we say that my life is for you, I will change my life. I will direct my life according to your plan. It's not always easy. And it never has been. Let me, let me uh, uh, turn over to, to Luke chapter 2. I'm, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 1. Remember when, when Mary was called by the angel. Gabriel appears to her. And he starts telling her what's going to happen. So remember, she's around, around 14 years old. She's around 14, maybe 15 years old. She's around 14 or 15 years old. And remember, you get to choose anybody you want. Right? No, no, nobody makes you marry somebody in this particular culture. You choose, right? You name your child what you want to name your child, right? 
This is something that you get to do. Look at the way God is beginning to speak into her life. Look in in Luke chapter 1. Start reading from verse 30. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Okay, so here is an angel coming, representing God and speaking into her life. Well, uh, I kind of had my own name for the son that I'm going to have. I kind of thought he'd have an occupation that uh, Joseph has, because I kind of admire Joseph. I just want him to be a carpenter. What is this politician stuff? I didn't particularly want him to go into politics. God even tells her his name is going to be Jesus. I mean, this is submitting things that are normally given to us to Him. To Him. You have to come before the Lord. I have to come before the Lord and pray and ask God, Father, lead me. Lead me in the right way. Father, speak to me. Speak into my life. There are things that happen. Turn over to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 16. My own personal reading time these days is in Jeremiah is in Jeremiah, and I was reading this in Jeremiah chapter 16, interesting passage, that he says to Jeremiah, so here is a prophet called by God, where he submitted his life to service to God. And it wasn't that people just embraced him because of his message. In fact, just completely to the contrary. Wherever he went, people contested with him because of his message. It wasn't easy to serve God. But how about his personal life? Look at Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 1. The word of the Lord came also to me, saying, You shall not take a wife for yourself, nor have sons or daughters in this place. Hey, this is getting a bit personal. You know, I'll preach to them and tell them, but hey, what about my life? Tell me not to have a wife? Not to have children? Look at what God said to him. What if you should meet somebody? This fine man, one of you ladies, meets a fine young man. Fine in every respect. But he doesn't know Jesus. But he's kind of open, not opposed to Jesus. He grew up Christian, but, you know, he doesn't really know. But he, he comes to church with me. What if the scripture should say, do not be unequally yoked? Does that mean anything to you? I have known many young women to get married to fine young men who are not believers and really regret it. Really regret it. God calls us to marry people who are in the faith. That's what he calls us. Are we willing to be like Jeremiah? God said, Jeremiah, you're not going to take a wife in this place. No children here. Why would God do that to Jeremiah? Why would he do it? Because God knew what would come of it. Why would God tell us 
not to marry such a fine young man. Because God knows the pain that you're going to go through. Because He doesn't know the Lord. And what happens is this. Is that when you compromise your faith, to say, well, you know, it's okay. What that young man comes into is seeing that Christianity is really a faith of compromise. That it really is not something that you really hang your hat on. So he understands you to be living a lie. I have seen it so many times. That's why when people say, you know, I want you to meet this person, the first thing I ask is, tell me your salvation story. I want to hear about it. Because if I perceive that this fine young man of yours is not saved, I'm going to tell you he's not saved and you ought not to marry him. And because of that, when young women meet young men and they know they're not really saved, they're afraid to bring them to me, to meet them. Because they would rather not hear. That's our problem. We would rather not hear. Here, there is great blessing by walking in God's ways. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, reading from verse 1. Now, this is one of the things that happens as we come into discipleship. Remember I said there is direct blessing that comes. The Father will honor Him. You serve Me, the Father will honor, honor you. Jesus said it. Believe it. Jesus said it. Believe it. The Father will honor you. There is also indirect blessing that comes by when we want to serve Him. When we respect His Word, we start living our lives according to that pattern. And there's all these indirect blessings that occur because there's this beautiful instruction that is good throughout the ages. doesn't matter the culture. doesn't matter... What time period it is, doesn't matter where we are in human history, it is applicable. Because God, who created man, who created woman, knows what is good for them. And then when we come into saying, this is not my life, but yours, at your service, Lord. Then we start submitting ourselves to His will and His ways. And then we see the the instruction that comes. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Alright, so you come into the teachings of God, you're going to, length of days, years of life and peace they will add to you. The blessing that comes in a Christian home when people are walking according to Christ is so valuable. So valuable. Don't scoff at it. It is so valuable. There are unbelievers in this world that look at Christian homes and say, I wish I could have that in my home. There is such chaos and such turmoil and such arguing and such fighting and such division in families that you walk into a Christian home and you're like, what is this? What's going on here? This is amazing. I mean, these adult children really like their parents? These teenage children really like their parents? It doesn't mean that there's never an argument. But the sense is they can sit together. They can sit down and watch a football game together and laugh together and enjoy each other and it's never at somebody else's expense. This blessing that comes into a Christian home is so valuable. And it comes by walking according to His principles. Because it's not the natural way. 
It is not the natural way. The natural home is chaotic. He says, you do this, it's going to, in verse 2, 3 verse 2 of Proverbs chapter 3 verse 2, and peace they will add to you. You take these principles. These are the indirect blessings that come by walking according to His way. Then He says, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. You know, something came up recently where a company wants to to fund our research. Big, big oil company wants to fund our research, but they don't quite like the terms that the university is putting on the table for the intellectual property. And what they're afraid of, and they told the university lawyer this, is they're afraid that Jim Tour, this gives too much freedom to Jim Tour, might work on the side and develop other intellectual property with this money and not commit that intellectual property to the effort that they're paying for in the sense that they were afraid that I was going to have my own little thing going on the side and cut them out of it because the contract gave too much freedom. And I was talking to the Rice lawyer and the Rice lawyers told me that he said to them, number one, Rice would never do this. Number two, I can tell you, Jim Tour will never do that. That guy is not a believer but because he knows I want to walk in truth, he could assure that company, I guarantee you, that guy would never do it. This is happening to them in another situation, this company, and it's bothering them at another university and they were afraid that I would do it too. When you walk according to God's ways, other things come to you. Great things come to you because you walk according to His way. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. What a promise. You acknowledge God in your ways. Lord, I take your life upon my life. My life is for you. You know what God says? Straighten out His way. Make the way straight for Him. Make the way straight for her. That is so good. I have this tremendous advantage in my career that my colleagues don't have. Because I pray for my students that God would bless their work. This is a tremendous advantage. God of heaven and earth comes in and blesses my students and their productivity. God does this in my labs because I ask Him to. The tremendous blessings we get by wanting Him in our lives. Verse 7. Do not be wise in your your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Look at this beautiful instruction. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think you're something that you're not. You start feeling, hey, I'm I'm kind of something. I'm a senior now. Really something. Please. This is what God is saying. Don't think of yourself more than you are. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. He says, fear God and when evil things are presented to you, say, I will have nothing, nothing to do with that. Absolutely nothing. Just take a firm stand. They'll think you're crazy. Wow. I'll have nothing to do with that. Like I said, I don't want... I don't want illegal software on my computers. I don't want illegal music on my devices. 
Why? Because I fear God and I turn away from evil. You do that, you miss out on blessing. You take a firm stand in that which is right and you will be blessed. He says in verse 8, it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. How much clearer could he be that it will bless your physical health? It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. The worries, the things that people struggle with, you will not if you walk according to his way. Jesus said, if you love your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you're going to gain it. This is all the indirect blessings that come, that come falling in upon us as as we listen to him. Turn to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. And reading from verse 1 so that we understand the context of this proverb. Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her, her voice? So this, this proverb, this Proverbs chapter 8, is talking about the wisdom of God. You submit to God's wisdom. And watch what happens. So, so let's skip on down to, to verse 10. <clears throat> Remember, this is wisdom. Take my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choicest, choicest gold. For wisdom is better than jewels. And all desirable things cannot compare with her. I mean, the wisdom from God that he would give us. Wisdom on how to make the right decisions, on how to deal with people, <clears throat> on how to deal with instances. It says it's better than anything that you could acquire. Anything. Verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. So he says, I wisdom dwell with prudence. I wisdom dwell with prudence. It is the wise thing to be prudent. This is why I would never go to something like Nod. I wouldn't. Because it's not my life. It's not my life. It's his. I wisdom dwell with prudence. God keeps his his, um, his people with prudence. So Nod is, is Rice's night of decadence, where, where, where young people go and they have a decadent time together. We deal differently. I choose my life. There are places that I go and places that I don't go. Why? Because it's not my life anymore. It's his. And wisdom dwells with prudence. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth, I hate. You want to know what God hates? He hates pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth, I hate. The perverted mouth. You know, I got saved at the age of 18, grew up just outside New York City. I could not speak a sentence without a four-letter word. I couldn't. I mean, it's just, I worked with guys, I pumped gas on the highways with guys, and it just... When Jesus came into my life, something happened. My language cleaned up. When your language cleans up, and you really take a point in that, people will notice it. I was just talking with one guy in the class, in, in, in this class. And he was out, and, and he was working out in the chemical plants with different people. And, and uh, he was saying how, you know, there's... You go out to a chemical plant that's different than being in an office where chemists and engineers work. You go out in the plant and, you know, these are, 
These are big burly guys with big hands and <laughs> big bodies. And, and, and the language that goes on there is different. And he said he didn't partake in this sort of talk. And his bosses noticed that he wasn't involved in that sort of activity and commented to him. What a beautiful thing. Wisdom says, a perverted mouth, a hate. If you clean up your mouth at work, and when people start speaking with dirty mouths, you walk away. Or you change the topic and you redirect that. You know who's going to notice it? Not only God, but your superiors will notice it. And you will be the one promoted. You be different. You take a different stand. These are the indirect blessings that come because of observance to Him and wanting to walk according to His way. The indirect blessing is you get promoted and the other guy doesn't. Because you want to live with prudence. You want to live with a clean mouth. People will see it and you will be all the more respected. You will be all the more respected. You're at a business gathering. And you refrain from drinking a lot. Your bosses will notice that. Even if your bosses drink a lot. Even if your bosses have foul mouths. They will recognize you to be someone different. There are indirect blessings that come by subjecting your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse 14, Counsel is mine and strong wisdom. I am understanding. Power is mine. Power is mine. You walk in the wisdom of God, you get promoted. I have seen it over and over again. You submit your life to Christ. There is direct blessing. And that's why he said, if we turn back to Matthew, turn back to the portion in Matthew that we were reading. Verse 27, Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. We'll start at verse 26. Matthew 16, 26. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of His Father with His angels and will then repay every man according to his deeds. There is great reward. Great reward by becoming a disciple of Christ. You will bear pain when you identify with the things of Christ. Sure, there are things that have come my way that because I've taken a stand with Jesus, that colleagues have said to me that they they would not let me into certain societies, certain organizations that are important for advancement in my career because I don't buy into certain things or because of stands that I've taken publicly. But I'm willing to sacrifice that to know that I'm closer to God. You walk close to God. He has something better for you. He has something better for you. The whole thing of a Christian family, of a man honoring God in his marriage, of a woman honoring God in her marriage, that I want this person who knows God and loves God. Not, well, I I think he's a Christian. If you have to think he's a Christian, you better think again. Because it should be obvious that this person loves God. Don't ruin your life by having that sort of conflict in the home. And your children always wondering who's right. And you have to take them to church because your spouse doesn't want to go. If your spouse goes, 
They're not interested in this service. They're not interested in bringing... The treasure of a Christian home is something that is so highly valued. What will it gain you to gain the whole world but forfeit your soul and forfeit your family and forfeit your children? You want to get this right. You want to get this right. Obey God and His ways and there's great blessing. Let's pray. Abba, Father, I pray for these young people that the power of God would just drop upon them. That they would make a decision to follow You, Lord Jesus. To follow You. To follow Your ways. To live by Your wisdom. By Your instruction. That they would experience the direct blessings that come from the Father through serving Christ. Through all these many areas where they could be serving to serve Christ and tap into those blessings. And Father, I pray that You would so work in their lives that they would take upon themselves Your wisdom through the Scriptures and walk in it. And then see great blessing in their lives, in their work, in their careers, in their families. Father, I pray that these young people, their lives would be sold out for You. Sold out for You. May the glory of God appear in their lives. Oh, Father, have mercy on them. Father, I pray for these young women that are in relationships with young men that either don't know You or don't walk with You. Father, I pray that those relationships would be cut off. That they would choose Jesus and His ways over the things of this world. Because, Father, what will it gain those young women to have this young man yet forfeit their soul, yet forfeit family peace and a life of blessing? Father, for young men that are intrigued with women who don't know You or are not excited about You, Father, May they drop that, separate themselves, and dedicate their lives to You and to Your way. Father, have mercy on these young people, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I commit them to You. Amen.